Hello and welcome to Enneagram and Coffee, the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Case, and I am so happy to have coffee with you today. I am so pumped to dive deep into the subtypes of Enneagram 3 with you today. If you've been a friend of the podcast for a while, then you know I believe subtypes offer us more distinction in the Enneagram types than any other element of the Enneagram. The work of Beatrice Chestnut is my personal favorite subtype work, so as I mentioned in our intro episode, I will be heavily referencing her work in this series. Her book is The Complete Enneagram, so definitely grab it up if you want to go deeper. For now, let's dive into subtypes of type 3. I want to be clear that if you are still getting your bearings with what type 3 is, then I'd encourage you to listen to my type 3 breakdown episode first. And then come here for this episode, because otherwise you'll be missing a bit of crucial groundwork that adds much needed context. As a refresher, there are three subtypes of each Enneagram type, social, self-prez, or sexual. We all have three subtypes, but typically we have one that is dominant, one that is repressed, and one that is secondary. In all of our subtypes of three, we're going to talk about their relationship to vanity. So the first one we're going to discuss is the self-preservation type three. This is the counter type. So that means that their motivation might not always match their behavior. So they might have a rejection to their dominant value, essentially. So they're going to kind of reject the vanity that we're discussing. The word used for this type is security. So this type three experiences a conflict with vanity. They may avoid talking about their success because they view it as bad or like it's uncouth. They focus more on their own security and autonomy. There's a deep drive to make their own way and to provide for themselves. So that's kind of a big motivator. It's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make my own way. They put attention into being the best at everything they can do. They long to be admired and inspiring, but they don't want to acknowledge they want that recognition. So I heard an example one time, like you're in the back of a dance class and you're doing your thing and you know, someone says like, you did a good job, but you don't want the recognition, but you do want the recognition. You know what I mean? You want someone to be like, look at her. And also you don't want anyone to know that you want that. You're going to pretend like you're shy about it, but secretly you really want the recognition. There's kind of this push-pull of validation. So again, like a hiding of the achievements while also a secret wish for someone to notice them. This type really tends to struggle with control, feeling like they have to do everything because they do it the best. So there can be a sense of, well, like I know the right way to do it. So I just, I just let me take care of it. They can look a bit like a one because they focus on being good, responsible, and self-sufficient. However, the major difference is that they want to be good by societal standards not their own inner authority. So how this shows up is type threes kind of respond to their environment. So, you know, if you're in a group of hippies, you're going to be the most hippie. If you're in a group of CEOs, you're going to be the most CEO. So that uh, standard for what is good or best can change depending on your environment. Whereas a type one, they have like their very own rigid set of right and wrong that they have to live up to. And that's an inner authority. It's not going to be impacted by who you are around. They can look like sixes. However, they're a lot more image focused than a six would be. And they don't tend to let their productivity get halted by questioning or doubt. Sixes tend to kind of question things a lot or go back and forth. This type three is not really going to do that. They're like, in it to win it. They have their things they want to do, but they're committed and dedicated and hardworking. So the next one is the social three. This type three is the most true type three, like three through and through. 
The word for them is prestige. This subtype of three has a desire to shine and be recognized. They're the most comfortable with being seen for their achievements. They may be the most performative and most able to adapt to their surroundings. They're and like, again, they're the most socially adept and, and aware of the connections that they're making and how this is going to impact their career, right? Like how is this going to help me to move up the social ladder? They can be competitive, the most competitive of the threes. They place a high importance on making a good impression and prefer to be seen as having no flaws. They may struggle to fully reveal themselves to others and can struggle to really know themselves outside of how they want to be seen by others. So a lot of their inner knowing is coming just from their response to their world around them and and how impressive they can be in their spaces that they're in. And that's going to change no matter where they are. And it can be really hard to have a strong sense of identity or self when yourself is built around becoming the best that you can be for the environment that you're in. I think about Michael Jordan as an example, you know, as he's like highly competitive, highly good at his job and identified as a basketball player. Like that is who he was and he was the best at it. No doubt about it. And also, you know, who was he outside of that? How, you know, other than like, I'm competitive, I like to win. That's kind of that social three energy. They struggle the most with the fear of being found out as worthless. So that imposter syndrome is really big for our social threes. The struggle with what if everyone knows that I'm not who I think I am or not what I claim to be? Because there is such an attempt to be best that the idea of being human feels like exposing. Um, This type's not as much likely to mistype because again, they're kind of the most straightforward of the description of three. So I wouldn't say there are very many like mistypes for this one. The next one is the sexual three. Sometimes we call this a one-to-one, the sexual or one-to-one. This type, the word for them is charisma. This is the least work-focused three. So they're more concerned with beauty and sex appeal than, than with their next great accomplishment. So they seek to please others and be desirable and kind of in a traditional sense. So they may have a really strong identification with like the traditional roles of masculine and feminine in society. They want to live up to the expectation of what it means to be a man or a woman in our society. These type threes excel in relationships. So they tend to work hard on behalf of someone else. They may marry a very powerful person and be their support system. It's enough to be seen. It's enough for them. Like they don't have like the same work struggles as a lot of the other threes do because again for them it is more about being beautiful or attractive or creating like a beautiful family unit and so these are the threes who don't identify with the workaholic kind of stereotype that we get this is probably they're probably a sexual three if they don't relate to like wanting to work all the time or needing to achieve in that way, um, their energy is going to be going more toward like their partnership, their family, being attractive, being desirable. This type three has the most disconnect with self. So there's actually kind of like a sadness with our sexual three. They're the most in tune with their emotions than the other two. Um, and they often might describe feeling empty, like there's just not anything going on inside. And that can lead to kind of a, kind of a darkness, Um, that can live with our sexual threes. They can look like twos. Um, This can happen because they seek to connect with others through being pleasing and attractive. 
However, they do focus more on a specific image of physical attractiveness and less on like shape-shifting and meeting emotional needs. They are much more inclined to like be the human ideal in terms of beauty. They also can look like a seven. Um, They tend to be positive and enthusiastic and they're supportive of others. So they may be an excellent cheerleader for somebody. But sevens are fundamentally self-referencing, meaning they prioritize their happiness, their needs, and they want to talk about themselves. While threes reference others for what they should be. Sevens typically know what they want and need, while threes are more disconnected from who they are and what they think. For those with Enneagram questions who feel like, okay, I hear you, I hear the description of these subtypes, I see myself in one of them, or maybe I'm a little bit more confused than I was before, I totally get that, and you want to connect with me more on this journey, I do have a Patreon community that may be a great fit for you. You get an additional podcast every week that goes more in behind the scenes about my life and my unfiltered Enneagram thoughts. We also have a monthly Zoom call where I can answer your Enneagram questions, and you get ad-free early podcast releases from me. So you get the podcast a little bit earlier without any ads just for Patreon members. So there's even a tier that features daily journaling prompts too. So if you want to take this from information into transformation, this would be a good fit as well. Just go to patreon.com slash Enneagram and coffee. Membership starts at like five bucks a month and really means a ton to me as a podcaster to making this a sustainable thing that I get to do. All right. I will see you guys in the next episode and um, I can't wait to hear about your subtypes. See you soon.